Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 201. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening, Mac. Ripples from a pebble thrown make tsunami on a foreign shore. I would slip right off this high-rise hell, but the elevator stops in your floor. And Mad Cat. Hello, hello. I don't have a good saying like that, but I'm still here. And the dumbass himself. What? You're needed on the podcast, sir. Knock on my door. Knock next time. Yes, sir. You see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. <laughs> Good thing I took away those cow dolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love space balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're so evil, yet strangely attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that recently? No, that one stuck in my mind. No, dumbass. Were you watching that? Oh, that's, a, that's approximately. Approximately. Oh, okay. Oh, is that where that's from? Oh, no, he, he got the line approximately. He, approximately. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, how is everybody doing? Doing pretty good. Doing all right. <laughs> so the uh, the saga of my the saga of my thought-to-be-dying car. I didn't know this was a saga. It, it, uh, it had a second opinion. I did. Oh. Turned out to be a, turned out to be a burnt out fuse. So what did you what did, somebody told you that your car was dead? No, I thought that my car was on the way out because of the way it was hesitating and that the hesitation could potentially be uh it could be the beginning of uh could be the beginning exactly. of, uh, could be the beginning of uh head gasket going because it could be antifreeze leaking into the fuel. If you have a crack, yeah, if your heads are cracked. Yeah. So I had uh, my mechanic test it last weekend. He tested it really thoroughly, and it turned out to be a burned-out fuse on the cooling fan. Well, that's better. Yeah. Uh, Imagine my surprise when I get an email from him Sunday morning saying, it was a burned-out fuse, no charge, come pick up the car. Oh, that's nice. Wow, that's... Wow, that'd be dancing. Well, you didn't take it to the dealer then, did you? No, I've got got a mechanic that I really, really appreciate, and... uh, uh, it is Kevin's Automotive Services in in uh, just kind of like on the border of Denver and Aurora. But he's a really really good mechanic. He's very fair. He's extremely he's extremely popular. He's very busy, but he's a great guy. And nothing we say here reflects on them, right? They're nothing, right? Right. <laughs> they're not sponsoring anything. But nope. As they're not sponsoring anything. I do think that it, it's probably time. Is it? Is it not? Unless we got something else. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to Ian and Dumbass's masturbation, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. Right. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Dumbasses, not Ian's time. <laughs> oh, Ian, yeah, Ian, in Ian was off celebrating National Masturbation Month. Uh, I, yep. his On May 4th? Yep. Ian uh, climaxed too soon and wasn't here tonight. <laughs> Masturbation? We don't masturbate in this house. <laughs> much we don't talk about it. it's dirty and it's shameful oh so much <laughs> and my kids just cracked up when i said that <laughs> <laughs> you should use the uh you should use the french term oh which is jocking off <laughs> jocking off <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't. I don't Sounds like that. Right? Like, yeah, but is that fair to a woman? Can they? Can they jack off? Would you tell a woman to jack off, or is that sexist? Yeah. I believe with women, it's called jilling off, right? Jilling off. Okay. Yeah, it's oh. like, uh, isn't that what they what they call it? Netflix and Jill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Netflix and Jill with yourself. Yep. So, so May is National Masturbation Month. And we all know the first yeah, of May. And actually, um, I've got this article. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. It's also the first of May also marks uh, the day that uh, outdoor fornicating commences. Right, right. It, but it doesn't sound as good when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <clears throat> outdoor fucking starts today. Thank you. Bring a blanket and I promise I will brush the ants off. Child, you're gonna like it when we're digging each other's pants off. Cause it's the first of me, first of me, outdoor fucking starts today. So bring your favorite lady, or at least your favorite lady. Hey. Uh, Jonathan Colton song, which I'm sure you'll play at some point. I, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll throw a little of that in there. <laughs> sure. But, yes. Um, uh, apparently, uh, Masturbation Monk has a longer history than I thought it did. Uh, it was apparently, actually, it started in uh, 19. This article actually suggests that uh, the 1992 uh, Seinfeld episode might have been in homage to that, but apparently not. No, it started in 1995 um, as a response to the forced resignation of Jocelyn Elders, who was the U.S. Surgeon General. Um, she did a speech at the United Nations uh, for uh, World AIDS Day in 1994, and an audience member asked her about uh, masturbation and its potential for discouraging early sexual activity. And she said, this is a quote here, I think it is something that is part of human sexuality and a part of something that perhaps should be taught. Yes, and this is, and she she was asked to resign for saying this. And this is during, what, the Clinton administration, right? As I remember it, uh, the... Uh, everybody seemed to want to make it out to be that he was encouraging children to, to be taught to masturbate in class or something. As a, All right, grasp your penis or your vagina, whatever you know. And, and like she, there, that was nothing along the lines of what she was saying. Well, no, no, you, you misunderstand. See, you're uh, you're you're listening in liberal, but you're not you're not you're not translating it in conservative. <laughs> That's right. You have to teach them in your office. <laughs> like that. What would the Fox News, uh, the Fox News I'm line? I'm personally on this all in favor of a John Cleese-style sexual education. Oh yeah, I love that sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so she said this, and she was asked to resign after after this happened. Um, yeah. And so and and I, I don't I don't know if she was forced, but Bill Clinton asked for her resignation because of this. Yeah. Mm, yes. Bill has so much moral integrity. Well, to no, no, okay. Well, okay. Hey, yep. hey, hey! Don't pick on Teflon, Bill. <laughs> up until Def- up until Trump, he was our he was our most fascinating president. That's kind of true, but uh, yeah, uh, he, he has definitely um, lost that uh, that status. But here's the thing: that he was. I mean, he, th- there was backlash on this, and he re- and he reacted to the backlash. Now, did he react appropriately? I don't think so. But but it does. I mean, here's the U.S. is the you know it is a bunch of prudes and prude. Yeah, exactly, and this this kind of proves it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't prove it, but it's certainly you know evidence towards the how prudish we are. <laughs> we have we have more evidence as we go through this podcast, I think. 
Didn't we discuss this on one of our other podcasts too? Yes, I think we have. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah. It's, Dumbass, in, in reference to your earlier <clears throat> comment about a John Cleese style, style sexual education, what about a kiss, boy? There's no need to go rampaging toward the glitterous. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. Although I think, I actually I think it was stampede. <laughs> yes. Stampeding towards the glitterous, yes. <laughs> you, and of course, we, we've all seen everything you ever want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> no, this was in uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Yeah, that it. Mm-hmm. But, but the other the yep. other movie is <laughs> Yep. The 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 goat in in lingerie. <laughs> yep. Oh. No, I think it was a sheep. Oh, sheep. Okay, yeah, I made I believe it was a sheep. Sense. See, doctor, up there in the mountains where I tend my flocks, it's so beautiful under the starry skies, and I am alone, and sometimes it gets so lonely, and the hours pass, and soon I desire a woman. But doctor there are no women. I'm not married. And Well, one night last summer, I could stand it no longer. My body needed to be satisfied. And then I saw her. Her? Daisy. Sheep. I took Daisy off to a little cove. And there, under the Armenian sky, had sexual intercourse. With the sheep? Naturally. Oh, God. It was the greatest lay I ever had. Oh, anyway, okay, so... So we have National Masturbation Month, and we, we, we've kind of established its roots back in 95 after the firing of the uh, the Surgeon General. So now, but so it's a thing now, right? It's here to stay. The Republicans can't take this from us. The Christians can't take this from us. So now we need to know how to enjoy Masturbation Month the most. So let's have some tips about how to do that, dumbass. Right. Well, um, I'll uh, I'll stress these aren't my tips. <laughs> oh, do you have? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Well, wait. Just the tip. Yeah. Just Don't get tipsy. Just, just the tip. Just I, the I, tip. I, w- I would advise uh, going a little bit below the tip as well. That <laughs> that usually works for me. But um, um, so yeah, these are uh, tips on Vice.com, and they're provided by Allison Stevenson. Uh, tips for enjoying National Masturbation Month. Um, uh, and I think a lot of this is tongue in cheek, but, um, <laughs> all right. She writes, uh, first tip, say no to a booty call. She says, uh, you get late night. So you just say, I normally would, but it's master national mass international, actually international masturbation months. That makes it more important. <laughs> of um, course. And, and of course they will completely understand and praise you for important, such an important social cause. Yes. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen. But but I, I guess the message is, you know, hey, take a night to stay in by yourself sometime. The Like the Sarah Silverman song, Perfect Night. <clears throat> Just tell them you're washing your hair. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, the, that's the second tip, actually. Tell all your friends that you're about to masturbate. Uh, a simple Facebook status will do. Something short and sweet like about to jerk off, lol, or BRB, rubbing one out, AFK. <laughs> 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 Make sure that it's on your uh, Facebook that does not have anyone on it, like your boss. Uh, well, what fun is that? I'm not worried about what my boss. Is that <laughs> worried? <laughs> That's that. My boss isn't my issue. It's anybody from HR that I'm afraid of. <laughs> oh, yes, that is true. HR is a scary, scary place. <laughs> Her third, right. t- her third tip is masturbate everywhere you go. Do it everywhere, <laughs> parks, bathroom, restaurants, oh weddings, God. movie theaters, funerals. Okay, no. 
Let, if any cop tried to arrest you, simply explain to them that you are <laughs> celebrating a month of law. A month-long international holiday. Uh, uh, no, no, no. The charges can be brought if you're masturbating in public places. Let's not masturbate in public places. I, I'm sorry. I have to draw a line here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you all to must masturbate in public spaces. <laughs> okay. But this next one is okay. Tell me about it. Write erotic fan fiction for your genitals. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which that sounds interesting. I... I I guess uh, you can. Uh, apparently, she likes to write her vagina as a, a, she's she's written it as a superhero, a marine, and even an ambassador to France, who also some who always somehow gets trapped in an elevator for several minutes with nothing but a picture of Steve Buscemi circa <laughs> Airheads to spend her time with. Oh God, Steve Buscemi? <laughs> Do you not know who Steve Buscemi is? Oh, I am so bad at who who. So if there was a scale, uh, and, if there was if there was uh, a no, scale of ma- no, masculine that, beauty, have you, seen, have you seen the Big Lebowski? <clears throat> oh, I'm looking at the pictures now. So so oh. here here's the if there was a scale of, of of like sexy men, the top of the scale is Crims Hemsworth as Thor, and the bottom of the scale is Steve Buscemi anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, close to it, yeah. Well, he. he- the, the thing of it is, he'd probably agree with you. On that. He might agree. He might. He's made a. Well, he's made not a, according to Allison Stevenson. Well, okay. She specifically, just... her vagina. <laughs> was an ambassador to France. Ambassador to France. Yeah. You know. He's made a whole career <laughs> on being ugly. It works for him. It yeah. works. It works. <laughs> trivia, trivia question. Anybody know where Steve Buscemi's first role was in Hollywood? Was it not Reservoir I Dogs? I didn't know who it was. Huh? <laughs> Reservoir Dogs? Uh, it was actually Lonesome Dove. Really? Yep. As the Dove? No. No. Oh. He's a, he's in Lonesome Dove as this as this character in uh, the That's uh, a Western, isn't it? Yeah. I it, it, the stories are so intertwined and interwoven. I can't exactly give you a short description of of whose story in Lonesome Dove it is, but it, it, it's an interesting place to see him for the first time. He was very young. Apparently, Steve Buscemi was also a former firefighter, too. Ah. Uh, there's there's stories him. about there's stories about him having um, gone back to his his fire brigade during 911 during 911 and helping out without uh, without really anybody knowing about it. So hmm. okay. good stuff. Yep. Well, it seems like we've hit a high note here, so let's move on. University of Texas to treat masculinity as mental health issue. <laughs> I must ask. Only in Texas. Why? <laughs> so they're not going to. This comes from a men's right. I think it's a men's rights site called PJ Media. And this has got to be one of the worst sites. I mean, it's it's bad. This This site is bad and what what's going on here is they they, they're uh, trying to rabble us basically well okay so the the university site did put up something that they call um restrictive masculinity and the and so they say so called changed their page on that in response to articles like this yeah okay so so we can go it's hard hard to know what the the exact uh, original text was but from what i've seen from what they've quoted it doesn't seem all that out there okay we can talk about i i first i just want to i want to so but this site is basically trying to say is that they're treating being a man as as 
being has being a mental illness, and that's not really what's going on. See, uh, so but they're they're confusing a couple of things. They're they're basically trying to take the site and and twist what they're actually saying. So let's just let's go back and, and talk about the actual site. So the actual site, um, and, and it has been like you say, and like you say, has been taking down so they're re-examining it and that's okay um, you know may- maybe the message maybe the message didn't come across um exactly the way that they were hoping it would but here here it is, it is from the um counseling and mental health center so they're put it so so this this program is under that center that being said they're not saying masculinity is mental illness or or, or mental health crisis but what they but what they are talking about is is people who don't necessarily fit into certain stereotypes, and and there and this is an outreach for program for 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 people who I, I don't know that you know it's an, I mean it really kind of looked to me like it it was uh, it was is pointing at you know transgender gay lesbian and anybody who didn't fit into a traditional stereotype for masculinity, and what they were saying is that. And that's okay, um, but this was supposed to be a place for people who maybe were, you know, were struggling with that to go and, and get um, and to get some help. Is that, is, does that make sense to you, Thomas? Is, is that what you saw? Well, I didn't see the original uh, text of it. I mean, okay. I'm uh, I'm kind of deconstructing it from the quotes that they uh, that they put up here. Okay. Um. It it seems like um. Uh, they're talking about restrictive masculinity in this sense, and, and I've kind of experienced this too. Like when when I was younger, I know um, I got made fun of, for example, for reading Sweet Valley Twin books, and I was always of the type that I, I would like rebel against that. Be like, hey, I, I like these books, uh, screw you, right? But um, and uh, there, the, so there is like a, a male thing out there where, oh, you, you into anything girly that you know you need to be made fun of, and maybe you know like. Uh, maybe a, uh, as a part of this, you could have like some programs to help people um, feel comfortable with uh, with themselves, whether or not they have the huge, huge masculine tendencies that uh, a lot of people think are supposed to be a, a real man type of deal. Right. Exactly. Um, and that that's kind of the impression that I got out of this. All they're you know they're saying things and they're they're putting it in their own words that um, uh, they say they say that. Uh, this is uh, is talking about a crisis of uh, uh, that, that that there's some sort of crisis going on here, and, I, and I, they didn't quote the the website as saying that this is a crisis. This is their own interpretation of what the me- website meant by that, which uh, seems to me is probably an exaggeration. It, it very much is, yeah. But you know, I I, I always I think we talked about um, the uh, Texas Ignite and the Man Up America campaign, and and a lot of that kind of stuff. That stuff is. Is that well? I don't know. Hyper masculinity. That if you don't fit into those stereotypes, you know, you you get you you may not you may not feel <laughs> like um, you you get bullied. You get bullied. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, listen. They say, well, duh, uh, this is what men do. They kill small animals and drink light beer. And if you don't do this, you're not a man. Well, light I drink beer? light beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's wimpy. The stuff I can drink. Who does that? <laughs> Well, I used to be. I can't drink anymore. No, that's a. It's a quote from Robin Williams. He says, "It's manly men doing manly things." You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. Yeah, I remember that. 
I remember that. But that's that's what we we're seeing a lot of that, and I'm I, I, and I don't know, and I think it's because I'm here in Texas that I'm hearing more of this bullshit as well. And so <clears throat> the fact that they need an outreach outreach program like this to, for people who don't fit into those gender stereotypes and and maybe are not as comfortable as dumbass saying go fuck yourself. I think that I like <laughs> these programs, right? I mean, it's important. And so that's all that this would that's all that we're trying to do. And you know, PJ Media and Rush Limbaugh and all these, you know, people blew it out of the way because, you know, they 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 they're the ones saying men aren't men anymore. It's not okay to be a man anymore. So like, nobody's yeah. saying that, but we are saying that, you know, we that it's okay to be sensitive too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the according to their website, like the the disclaimer that they put up, and you put a link to that too. They've got a link uh, actually on the site here, and I guess it used to say something different. But they're now saying that uh, it's a lot about um, uh, about uh, consent and sexual harassment and things like that too. Sure. And um, it, it reminds me of something I, I actually saw just uh, yesterday. I think a lot of people were throwing a big fuss over this uh, this uh, one person who uh, came on television and said that, uh, oh, you should, you should try to gauge uh, your, even with as young as a baby, uh, gauge their consent um, for like if you're changing their diaper. And a lot of people were coming out as though the, as, as though um, this was something legalistic that, oh, you should, you should be blamed. Now we're going to be blamed if we, uh, if, if we do stuff that our kids don't want, you know, like the kid doesn't, doesn't need to consent before you check their diaper. And I'm like, well, hey, um, this isn't a bad idea. I think that everybody was like putting it out of proportion and mis- misinterpreting it, but yeah. it seems to me like it's just building up a uh, a sense uh, as the baby grows that uh, that their feelings about what you're doing to their body matters. So just like gay, try to gauge your consent and be like, "Oh, are you okay? I'm going to change your ba- dirt diaper now. You okay with that, little guy? You know, things like that." So. What, but what PJ Media did is they took the fact that, the, that this was coming from the Counseling and Mental Health Center and that they were talking about masculinity, and they, and they disingenuinely conflated the two to, to say that they were calling masculinity a mental, health, uh, a mental health issue, and that's not at all what was happening here. They were looking for people that, that, were, that didn't fit into normative stereotypes that were having problems. Right. And, and these stereotypes have, have, have huge issues as they are. And I think that in, and certainly I do not fall into the, the, you know, the typical, you know, um, masculinity, you know, types of bullshit. Same here. I have friends who tell me that I'm more masculine than some guys they know. Well, oh, okay. Well, but you know, Mac is six foot and has no hair. That, that's a real man. And what's funny, if you go back to this PJ Media site, there is a there is a quiz to find out how masculine you are. And one of the thing one of the questions I, I I kid you not is, are you six feet tall? That makes you more masculine. That that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of bullshit that's in here. We, we should actually, you know, that it would be more fun to actually go through um, that quiz um, just because it's so ridiculous as to what a man is. I have a female friend who's six feet tall. Um, which one is it on? It's on the PJ Media site. Yeah, I'm not sure where it is, but they they have this. They have a quiz. Oh no, here it is. Are you an alpha or beta male? Take our 20 questions and find out. Woohoo! I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, the whole thing about alpha and beta males is uh, completely unscientific. Yes, and I think that um, weren't we talking about this with wolves? Maybe um, I, I don't know if we ever talked about it. I know. Um... Uh, Adam Conover did an episode of it. 
we should we should go into that. Yeah, we should definitely take a closer look at that because yeah, the you're right. It, it's not true, but here, here's I'm I'm not gonna go through the whole quiz, but I'm I'm gonna go through the answers at the bottom, and it says one to five. So if you answered an A to one to five of these questions, um, I see that you're letting your little girl fill out your questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> six to ten. If you get uh, six to ten A answers, sorry, but you're definitely a beta and 11 to 15 a answers with a little work you can get over the hump and 16 to 20 a's congratulations you um you made the grade as alpha and some of these questions on here are are pretty ridiculous um yeah oh yeah here could could you be um fairly uh could you fairly be considered as sensitive a male feminist or emotional? Well, I could be, yeah, but I'm six foot. Right, but you're six foot, right? So, so you're fine. But because yeah. I, because I have to take a B on that one, I'm a beta cuck, metrosexual beta cuck. That's me. Probably me too. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I don't. It would be fun to go through these sometime. But let, let's move on. <laughs> I was pissed about the whole thing, and not just because I'm a beta. Um, you mean you were ineffectually, ineffectually pissed at it like a bitch? Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Thank okay. you. Thank you for, for straightening me out on that. No problem. <laughs> okay. Mars canceled a rover? Give me a break. Our, my, the U.S. The, um, is, is canceling canceled a project? A moon rover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a moon rover, yes. What's going on here, Mad Cat? You can't have that. Can't have uh, basically, they've been working on this moon rover to go on to the moon. For the last few years, um, and all of a sudden they were told, "Nope, uh, cancel it." <coughs> uh, right away, they just stopped. Um, let's see, it was um, it was canceled. Apparently, they want to do things more for Mars than for uh, the Moon. And the idea for doing the work on the Moon was to get experience and information that would help on things like going to Mars later on in time but it was just canceled okay here's here's that's the way that I I, I, I understood this a little differently um, mm-hmm. it still doesn't make a lot of sense because the Trump administration has as part of their space agenda to get back to the moon they want to put people back on the moon and this exactly. project is is the first step in doing that because to yes. put people on the moon long term, we need to know where the resources are and and how much there are. So this was the first rover that was going to go and actually do drilling on the moon to try and figure exactly. out where those resources are. And and they've canceled that. And I didn't see that they canceled necessarily in favor of Mars. They didn't say exactly what they canceled it in, in favor of. So this was um, the, the Mars – it's part of the resource project I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that the instruments are going to be used somewhere else, but they're not saying exactly what's going to be – what's going on. But I think one of the key takeaways from this, from reading all this, <coughs> that they said right. is is in the tweet. There's a tweet that, that, that this guy sent out, and I think that – I, I, I think the key piece here um, says we are committed to lunar exploration at NASA. Resource projects and instruments will go forth in the expanded lunar surface campaign. More landers, more science, more exploration, more prospecting, more commercial 
partners. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key piece right there. Commercial, um, commercial partners, partners, right? So yeah, they want, they want, they want to commercialism outsource this. in it too. Right. But here's the thing is that they're, they're forgetting that you, to make a business out of this, you need to know you, you need to be, you want to be profitable, right? In fact, you need to be. And so, I mean, what we, what NASA has always done is they're the first to go and do this. They, we, they, they put mm-hmm. people into space first. Now Elon Musk is doing it in, in a model that's profitable. But the only reason that he can be profitable doing it is because it was already established as something that we wanted to do. Now to do the prospecting, we need to go and NASA needs to do the exploration. And then once a commercial partner can say, Oh yeah, I can, I can make a profit here. Then, then they'll be willing to step in. They're not going to be willing to step in before they know they can make a profit, are they? So I, it seems I, pretty unlikely. It seems pretty unlikely. They, but they all believe that they can make a profit as it is. But, um, but yeah, I agree. They need to prospect and see what exactly is available, where, why, how, and everything, instead of just going willy nilly, letting people just jump into it. But it's too early to outsource this to the private market. But that's, I think, what they Very want much. to do. And so this commercial partners bullshit, unless that commercial partners had to get people into space. Elon Musk just uh, was it this week from uh, said that, OK, we're going to be testing our cra- spacecraft that's going to put people into space. <clears throat> so so they're mm-hmm. they're prepping. They And I think he says he'll have it ready. But did he say I, I'm not sure how long he said it was going to take. But it's based off of the current rocket rocket technology. They say instead of right now, they can reuse the rocket twice. This rocket will be able to use be reused 10 times, and it's not going to be have to be refurbished every time. So the rocket will land, and all they have to do is gas it up to, to send it up again. So say, so they'll be able to save more costs and be able to use the rocket more times. So that's what he's saying they're going to be able to do. So there is a viable commercial partner there, right? But they're not mm-hmm. going to build a lander. Right, they'll help yep. you get that lander into space, into the moon, but you, but you're not going to be able to do it. Right now, I mean, they have their heavy launcher. They can put stuff on Mars. They can put stuff on the moon. Um, but but once again, somebody has to build these instruments. That's going to be NASA to start with. The 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 rovers and well, the yeah, exploration the is going to be NASA. So I don't know. I I don't. Yeah, but know. but Musk has already got a lander in space. <laughs> yeah. No, he put, Tesla, he put a Tesla up there. Yeah, yeah, and he but, and he didn't quite get the orbit right. I don't think. Anyway, I think this is short sighted. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what it I, is. unless unless I mean maybe they have a more comprehensive plan. But the problem is why didn't why aren't they telling us what that plan is? But when they just go and cancel this project, I don't know. I think that commercial partners, you know, re- I, I think that that I think that I think that Trump's plan for NASA is to skip the moon completely because I think that the resources that they're looking for are more likely to be found on the sun. <laughs> never know, never know. Well, he wants it what he said he's one that <laughs> said something about a space force, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a little early for a space force, okay? You you, you know what? You know how they're going to get to the sun, right? Uh how's that? They're going to go by night. Right. Oh. Makes sense. Oh. Makes sense. <laughs> yep. They're going to try to sneak up on it? No, because it's not as hot at night. <laughs> Right. Oh, I see. I thought they were going to try to sneak up on it or something. You know, maybe maybe they'll launch from the dark side of the moon. <coughs> oh, it hurts. Oh, if, if there's a dark side of the moon, there's got to be a dark side of the sun, right? Well, yeah, you would think. Well, but it, how? I mean, how does that work since the Earth is flat? Good the question. sun turns as well. <laughs> 
In a bind, she brought her baby to school. Her professor held the child while he taught physics. I got to tell you, when I when I started reading this story, I, I, I was afraid it was going to go another way. And uh, it mm-hmm. turned out to be a much, much better story than I thought. So go ahead and tell us about it. It's just basically um, a nice little story how this uh, Kristen Black took some time off of work to have her uh, off of school to have her baby. And when she went back, she wanted to go to one of the study sessions, but she had to go get her baby from where the child was being taken care of for eight hours a day, right? So she asked her teacher if she could bring the baby in for this this session because she was having trouble with the information. And while she was in there, he was walking past and the little one smiled at him and he just melted and he asked if he could pick her up and little one cooed and he picked her up and put her on her on his hip gave her uh, a marker that the top was closed so she could play with that while he was writing on the board and you know did his teaching while holding on to the baby on his hip he has uh, four children of his own so Mm. he's he's used to little ones and he really likes children so yeah you know i like i like stories like this with people just being human to each other yes right so it says uh being good <laughs> so johnson 58 who describes himself as a quiet man said other students have brought kids to class from time to time during his 24 years of teaching at the university when you see someone with a child who is going to school they are amazing to me jonathan said i can't say enough about what they are doing to sacrifice um, and sacrifices and sacrifice that they're, that they're making. making. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's a lot for anyone to, you know, have a child and be going to school or, and working or anything like that. And I just thought this was a sweet story about um, how someone was being nice to other people, letting them bring the babies, their baby to class. It's not just it's the, not it's, normal. It's not just well. It should be normal, but yeah, I it think should you're, be. you're right. It, it's it's the fact that he recognized that this is a this is somebody going back to school with a child and how difficult it would be, and and he wanted and he tells her, you know, um, somewhere in this that you know we'll we'll do what we can to help you get through this class. And the, yeah. no, that's exactly what he says. We'll do what we can to help you get through this class. I mean that that. That, I mean that's pretty fantastic. He held the the the, the kid for twenty minutes, and she was able mm-hmm. to take notes and do what she had to do, and not worry about the kid because he was with the professor. I mean, this I don't know. Th- he's a beta cuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I he definitely he sounds a like cuck. a very very nice person. So sounds like a little sensitive. <laughs> oh my gosh, sensitive. That's that's not right. <laughs> uh, I like that story. Thank you for adding that. That that's. That's good stuff. But Something once again, we we that home in the kitchen being taken care of by her husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems like we've hit another high note. So now let's talk about using DNA to catch serial killers. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, uh, DNA profile from Ancestry website helped to identify the Golden State Killer suspect. Yeah, this and... one this one chilled me a little bit as I was reading it, mm-hmm. and I had heard about this a, a couple of different places. So what do we got, Matt Cat? Well, what we have is that they were looking for this uh, person who had famous, there was unsolved serial rape and murder case. Um, 
50 confirmed rapes and 12 murders over a 10-county area in California between 1974 and 1986. They had suspected uh, this D'Angelo, who had worked as a police officer for six years during the period of the most active part of the investigation. So they focused on DNA evidence. They had DNA evidence from before, and they collected DNA evidence. Um, in 1978, they collected DNA evidence, and then they lately went to Ancestry.com and 23andMe.com, um, and these allow individuals to look up information about their genetic background by matching the DNA against publicly available DNA profiles. Well, but don't they, 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 they specifically allow you to share your DNA profiles, right? Ancestry exactly. in particular. It, it says right there, yeah. it, it is publicly a free, voluntarily shared, publicly available genetic info on the sites. So it is not confidential information. People put it up there uh, with the knowledge that it would be available to public. Basically, they're looking for other people in their family, so it has to be available for the public. Um, so that's what the investigators used. So, but this was and, a relative, right? They, they put his DNA up and they matched it to a relative and they used that relative then to find him. Right, so he didn't put his DNA up there because a relative nope. had. They were able to trace it back. That's what I find yep. kind of chilling about the whole thing. Is that they were able to use someone else to? Uh, right, it's because they use what they call a uh, what a familiar match. Um, it's a specific time of uh, familial, I think. Yeah, familial <laughs> DNA, and 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 they're they, increasingly common, but they're not yeah. as uh, this type of DNA investigation is not as. Um, it doesn't have as much result. Those results are not always good results. Right, and they and they right. give um, they show. Well, <clears throat> I'm also sure that they wouldn't have tried this had it not been such a long running and high profile case. That oh, might be true, yeah, because it, was, it would have had to have been a high priority. Well, because they did do one of these where it backfired on them because they got the wrong guy. They got a familiar match, mm. familiar familial match, but it was the wrong guy. Um, and so yep. it, it doesn't always work. And, you know, I would be concerned if you if I mean, they had a lot of DNA in this case, but yes, anytime they did, they did the stuff from before. Somehow they got more DNA samples yeah. uh, right away. Uh, I guess they went. I don't know what they did to get these DNA samples that were more current, but they used those as well. So they double checked and triple checked on this as well. So ideally, it's it is one piece of evidence and not the only yes. piece of evidence because you you'd hate for them to be convicting on just DNA evidence. That would be a problem. There has been many cases in which DNA evidence um, has found the wrong person, right? And people have gone to jail and for many years, or even the chair for it. There have also been evidence. Ever, there have also been cases where DNA has exonerated the wrong person too. Right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. The person yeah. who was wrongly convicted. Yeah. So it's it's a really difficult thing because, but you have to. They have to use more than just one part of the investigation. Right. They need much more than just the DNA because just the DNA is not going to give you everything that you need. Well, and even and. Yeah, even here they've got a suspect, right? He has not mm -hmm. been convicted. It led them to a suspect. That's all. That's all yes. we can really say at this point. Yep. 
because no one has you know, been charged yet. Right. The, the simple fact is that the justice system will not be perfected until they start they start catching pre-crime. <laughs> <laughs> he thought about it. <sighs> yeah. All right. What did Stephen Hawking's leave us? Stephen Hawking's left us information regarding uh, multiple universes. And um, it was a 2017 draft that was submitted on March 4th. And he died at, uh, after he put in that draft. March 19th, whatever. Anyway, the paper is archived in the Cornell University's arvix.org. It's under scholarly review. It offers mathematical procedure for someday testing the theory and existence of an infinite number of universes known as the multiverse theory. They're calling, is, this isn't a theory, though, is it? This is a hypothesis still, isn't it? I'm, I mean... Uh, I don't know if it's a hypothesis because I don't know if you can test it. Right. So is so is it actually so then it couldn't be a theory at all. Well, well okay, so what it says here that there it is. offers a mathematic procedure for someday testing the theory of the existence of an infinite number of universes. So 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 he gave us an idea of how to test for it. It just we don't know how to we can't do it yet, I so guess. So he so he gave us a hypothesis. But this would mm -hmm. not but this would not have enough evidence to be considered a theory. And so they're using theory Maybe. in the colloquial term, right? Is if uh, mm -hmm. you know, but but not in the scientific term. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, what uh, Sid is answering right now is a cockatoo in a parallel verse. <laughs> <laughs> because even even the multi universe theory, uh, theory it says theory, but it's really just a hypothesis. We're using those words wrong. Well, Whichever way the, it is, the funny uh, boundary between uh, the definitions. So do they? Basically, he's given in information which may someday be useful able to be used for finding out about the existence of infinite number of universes which he does believe in or did believe in i i thought he didn't he didn't like the multi-universe theorem or th well oh. even if he didn't like the theory it was a popular theory and if he gave something to test for it then no but he gave us evidence that he that this was against that he 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 didn't like it, so he was he was looking for you know for other other answers. Yeah. So the, the so this is what he's saying is that that <coughs> there's not multiple universes necessarily, but this one has no boundaries. But yet he did. But he did also. I don't know. I don't think you can safely say that this is a this hypothesis because it's not the long side of a triangle. That's ah, hypotenuse. <laughs> oh. Wow. I thought that was one of those big things in the water in Africa. <laughs> that's a hippopotamus. That's a, that's a hippopotamus. What did you think that was? If there's more. It's a hippopotamus. It's interesting. I can do this all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> we know you can. Know I don't know. I'm holding, I'm holding this up. So basically what, what he's – because it says in here that he does not – didn't it say he doesn't like the multi-universe theory? At one point in time, I think somewhere it said that. Yeah, but the, but what he's giving us is a way to test for it potentially. Yeah, yeah, for testing for the potential. Um, mm. He said there's a lot of dynamics. Uh, <coughs> he co co um, co produced this with oh, a. Oh, it's the inflation model that he says is wrong. Hawking's and Hertong um, are now Her saying that the 
eternal inflation model is wrong. This is because Einstein's theory of general relativity breaks down on the quantum scale. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what all this means. <laughs> well, what I it, could it, ask my husband, but he's he's the, off resting. <laughs> the simple, the simple long and short of it is that that Stephen Hawking submitted this paper shortly before his death. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen Hawking from a parallel universe submitted this paper shortly before our Stephen Hawking's death. <laughs> That's what the article's really saying. Is that what it's really saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. This whole thing is available. It was published in the Journey of High Energy Physics and is available to be read in full at Arvid. So, and it says good luck. So, so you can go download it and read through it. And if you understand it all, then you can be the next Steve Hawking. Right. A R X I V dot O. Oh, so that's Cornell University Library. Mm-hmm. So knock yourself <laughs> and out. Testing theories. Yeah. Arxive. Thinking that's good. I'm th- thinking that's supposed to be pronounced Arxive. Arxive, maybe. Holy crud. <laughs> I, I do like, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I mean, he, he information theory and all that kind of stuff with, that we got from him is, I mean, it all goes into all of these, you know, these different models. Mm-hmm. And information theory is, is the one where he got challenged on and was probably wrong, right? Wasn't it the one that, that, but of course, are any of them testable? That's that's the other piece of all of this is you know all this high end physics and you know and stuff that they that they put together and is it's um some of it's usable and some of it's just not interesting, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, on a dated dated from day to day, if there's multi universes, it, it it does not affect me. Not really. Well, you don't find yourself but slipping between them like I do. Slip sliding away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Do you have any idea how incredibly disorienting it is to find out that all your stuff has been stolen and replaced with an exact replica? That sounds awful. It, it is awful. It is terrible. And is that why Sweden's going to become a third world country? <laughs> Probably. No. no, that's because all their IKEA is over here. <laughs> oh, we stole IKEA. IKEA. Just some oak and some pine and a handful of Norsemen. <laughs> Ikea, selling furniture for, for college, college kids, kids and, and divorce and men. <laughs> Sweden to become a third world country by 2030, according to the UN. And this, right. and what, what is the name of this site? What, what is this? Um, uh, Spisa. Spisa.com? Yeah, but if you take a look at the other items on there <laughs> it really kind of comes across as a, a uh, an opinion piece it is very right. much an opinion piece the whole site looks like much like uh it looks like trying to put together ikea it looks like it is uh, kind of an adam jones or adam or uh, not what uh what, who's the uh infowars guy it, it, uh oh crap uh I keep on I thinking forget. of uh, Stephen Colbert's Jones. Uh, portrait Alex. of him, Tuck Buckford. What's the guy's name? <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> it, it, it looks a lot like, the site looks a lot like somebody trying to put together Ikea out of, with Alex uh, using Jones? A, Alex Jones, yes. That's it. Alex it Jones. It looks like a bunch, somebody trying to put together Ikea using Alan, Alan Wrench is made out of the bones of Fox News journalists. Uh, it it, it kind of looks like it's a mix between InfoWars and Fox News, yes. This this is definitely uh, this definitely popped up on and I I threw a few examples in, on like right wing type sites and I think uh, a number of our uh, things today have been basically 
right wingers uh, just completely, you know, like misrepresenting uh, something put out there by the quote unquote left wing. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, this, this is something I came across uh, like uh, through an uh, online discussion, as uh, as you usually tend to find out about these things. But um, I, I think uh, the originator of it was just he wanted to mention uh, how uh, difficult multiculturalism can be, and he just mentioned offhandedly that uh, oh, according to the UN, Sweden is will be a uh, third world country by 2030, and I'm like, wait, what? And so I had to look this up and. So I'm going to uh, uh, present my findings here. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, there, there are there are these websites that make this claim. They they don't really um, back it up with much. They they give uh, a a link to the report, uh, which is good because then I can look in it and see what exactly it says. Um, basically, uh, what what the websites are claiming is that this report basically. Uh, shows that uh, projects Sweden to become a third world country um, that uh, and that this is because of uh, immigrants coming into Sweden. And uh, there's, a, there's also a lot of talk about, oh, if you, if you speak out against this, you'll be labeled as racist, which that's pretty much what racists always say. <laughs> it is what uh, racists always say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, like, uh, no, if people uh, if people lash back at you because of something like this, uh, that that's not against your free speech. That's just uh, you know people don't people don't agree with you, and uh, they're saying no, we don't want to hear from you about it. But um, but yeah, it, it, it does come. That is the argument because they're letting in people. It says from uh, from underdeveloped uh, from less developed countries such as Cuba, Mexico. Baltic countries and that 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 is that that's what that's going to be their downfall because because they're letting in people from these shithole countries is dragging the whole whole state or uh, the whole country down right right that that's their so, argument yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I've, I've gone through and I've, I've looked at the actual report now first of all uh, I'll uh, one thing to say right away um, the report is uh, is very clear to stress that these projections that they're making um, that they're not like uh, they're not saying this will happen. They're not. Uh, they're not even saying why whatever will happen will happen. Um, these are these are estimates based on models, and the models are flawed. Um, they're just, they're they're just looking for trends and trying to figure out where things are going. Um, so like the, uh, and that's all this is. And people can look at the models and criticize the model and say where they fall apart or anything. But anyway, I, I wanted to to look through this uh, this. Uh, um, this report and see what exactly it said. First of all, um, according to the the whole uh, thing going on here, um, Sweden was going to be a third world country. Um, so I did a search through the article. Uh, there is no place in the article where it mentions anything about first, second, or third world countries or defines them in any way. Uh, that That's the first thing. Um, second thing, I did a search for Sweden and um, uh, the the word Sweden appeared only two times, uh, one in, in like a little index and another um, basically the uh, in the projection. And um, basically uh, the projection for uh, Sweden, like uh, in 2015, they uh, they measured it. Uh, what's the name for the uh, let me just have a look here. The uh, Human Development Index, HDI, uh, and um, they measured uh, the HDI of Sweden at uh, 0.941. 
and they're projecting it to uh, fall by 2030 to 0.906. And what does that mean? Exactly, exactly. Like uh, that, they're saying that this means that Sweden will be a third world country. Um, and keep in mind this is just a projection. But uh, I actually looked up information about the Human Development Index, and uh, what they've got is they've got a map of the world uh, on the Wikipedia page here um, with uh, country um, uh, color-coded based on their uh, HDI, Human Development Index number. Um, now, U.S. and Canada uh, and Australia are the highest, and Sweden Sweden is one of the highest up there. Um, it turns out um, uh, a, a lot of countries um, are, are, le- are less than 0.900. Um, 0.900 to 0.949, that appears to be the highest uh, stratus of it. And then they, they've got uh, lower strategies. It looks like actually most of Europe is in uh, the slightly lower uh, stratus uh, below 0.900. And if you consider uh, most of Europe to be a third world country, that seems kind of weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't they, they didn't say anything about what they're basing this idea of third world country before uh, on. But uh, uh, even if uh, this uh, even if this prediction comes to pass sweden will still be in the top tier of the human development index here and the um i put something up here where somebody um did a review on reddit of this ah crap but basically what this person was saying is that much of what you said but also they said the model is already breaking down because even even uh sweden is already still considered higher than when they um when this came out, and I put up the oh, there it is, because it's actually from when, when when they first developed the Human Development Index. You mean um, this came out in 2010, right? And so and so, what this person <clears throat> is saying is that if this was true, you know, Sweden already hasn't dropped as much as the report would have predicted. Um, it says also this Sweden uh, would be ranked 25 by 2015. It's currently 12. So its ranking has not even fallen to what would be projected for it to make, you know, this this huge decline. Ah, it's basically what, what, the, what they're saying is that... So basically this came out, I think, in 2010. And like you say... And even they said, you know, that I mean, this is not that they were they were not telling people to take this as gospel. It was just based on certain trends. And even like you say, even if it if it even if it came to pass exactly the way that they would report, Sweden would still not be a third world country. No, exactly. It would. Yeah. And the, the report says absolutely nothing about how what this would have to do with uh, immigration. It doesn't analyze Sweden's immigration situation. Uh, or anything along those lines, it just subjects it to this model. Now, I suppose you could go through, if you're into mathematics, and break down the model and figure out uh, what exactly were the factors that would lead to Sweden's drop this way in the model. But um, the, this report uh, doesn't cover any analysis of that. Yeah. I don't, um... so, so it's it's just something that they kind of made up. They pulled it out of their ass. Yes. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. So you had put um, a link in here, and I guess, um, and it, it was interesting. It, so it's CBN, this is the Christian Broadcast News, and it was something about the Afghanistan troops. 
which um, I'm not yeah. sure why. Uh, I, I've, I've never seen that article. I'm not sure how that got in there. Okay. Maybe I accidentally clicked on something I, there. I was wondering but if uh, But the... yeah, the, the one that you, uh, you you copied in instead of that, I, have, I actually did see that. I'm not sure whether I was intending to post that in there. But it, it's just another example of, uh, of the arguments they're making uh, on this uh, subject. And this is Christians saying that if we don't keep things white, we're, we're, the, the, everything's going to go to hell. I mean, it's a racist basically, argument. Yeah. I mean, they're basically looking and saying, you know, they're they're looking and they they see people that are different from them and going, oh my god, if they come in here, that they're, they're, they're going to ruin everything. And that's what somebody says in here. We had a perfectly good country, and then we let in these immigrants. <laughs> yep, that was their argument. That was. And now the they're argument. whining about being called racist. Exactly, and then they <laughs> whine about being called racist because if you say anything, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I think that like if they're. There is an argument to be made that um, uh, more homogeneous societies uh, can get along better and um, and have more stable societies uh, a lot of the time. And multiculturalism can be a little bit of uh, uh, of a sticky situation to to handle at times. Um, but uh, you know, like I, I don't think anybody would call you a racist for just making those arguments. Probably not. I mean, here's here's the thing: is that. What what people seem to be scared of is that if people from other countries come, they're going to bring their culture with them, and that's going and your culture is going to be forced to change. And that that may or may not be true, and that may or may not be bad either, right? I and mean, each of these things has to be weighed. No, I, I have I have no problem with cultural change. Right. People people uh, have this whole idea that culture should be hung on to like uh, with your fingertips. No, no cult- culture changes things that happen. It's just your different way of doing things and different and ways of doing things change over time. It's it's just what happens. You know, you can't have a static society. I agree. Yeah. Just keep the information on what had been. That's all. Right, but their argument is, you know, that they don't want to change. I don't want to, that's their arg- yeah, that that that's certainly a big part of their argument. But this title, the title of this um, from the Christian Broadcast Network, is that what it is? Soviet Sweden national model sliding to third world. And I think that and I think that they this was modeled off off of the the original article from from the uh, Spedia, Spit, Spit, whatever. I can't say it. I think that I. Yeah, that's where it, I think that's where they got their information, right? There, it's feeding? just there's feeding off of each other, but yeah, it, but this one is oh, this was worse in its tone, you know, yeah. and and it is it's very uh, white nationalist, right? I mean, it's yeah, and the whole including of conclusion of the term third world, there is absolutely no justification for this in any of this. No, and. You know they're they're going to be bankrupt. Well, there's nothing in the original thing that says they're going to be bankrupt. So you're just making that up. I mean, they're making most of what they say up. They're pointing at an article that they don't think anybody's going to go and read. They're, so and and that's that's how they get away with this shit. Is that much like the one that I put in there that you know the these Fox News people here? Oh, they're they're treating masculinity as a as a health crisis, right? Nobody goes and reads the original article that and to decide what they're actually doing and even if they do they go oh what the people at work told me is that well they don't need that program anyway right so i called i, I called them out told them they were wrong and they said well they don't need the program anyway <laughs> and, and here's and here's the same the same kind of thing if you if you tell these people that's not what it says right well sweden's still bad <laughs> yeah they, it doesn't change anything when you tell them what's wrong no no unless you can get them to actually think and read 
and, uh, you know, take a good look at it, but they don't care to. They just want to go by what they're told. Here's, a, here's another one that I heard that I heard this week, um, that Barack Obama and Michelle Obama gave up their law licenses so that they wouldn't be prosecuted for crimes, that they turned them in. And I thought, well, that, that, that sounds like bullshit. So I went and I looked it up, and they did they, their law licenses, they still have them, but they're currently inactive because they haven't been practicing law in Illinois. <laughs> but they didn't turn them in. They still have them. And I told, and I went, and I went and corrected them, like, well, that's, they, they still got away with shit. It's like, you, I mean, it's like, you don't even fact check yourself. You just go say these things, and you don't go look at the actual sources. Because they want to be right, and they don't care. Well, not only do the they, actual sources, right. they're just well, and saying these something are, that they believe yeah. in because they don't want. Well, and here's the thing: because is that, they want the bad thing to be right, and they don't. Them. But they also don't want things to change. They, I'll hear, I hear all the time. Oh well, you can't say that anymore. That that's that's sexist now. It was always sexist. <laughs> it was always sexist. <laughs> it's no difference. It's just that now you're being more called on it. Are being the, able to fight about it. The difference is now you're being called on it. That's the difference. It's it was it yeah. was sexist then. It's sexist now. But now you're going to get called on it. That's the difference. That's why you can't I, say that anymore. You can't get away with it because because we're, because our tolerance of sexism is declining. And this is mm-hmm. and this is a good change. And it, it, it can't. I are realizing what goes on. It could go too far. I, I know that it could go too far. Right. Well, but there, it's so unequal. Like right. That, but it's but... so unequal right now that we haven't even gotten to that place where it's going too far the other way. Right. We're, we're, we're not even approaching that yet because it's so bad. No. <sighs> it's, yeah. <laughs> like I was um, I've been seeing an awful lot of, oh, this is this is now sex or people are saying that this is bad. They never said that before. And it's like, yeah, they did. It's just. It was more undercover, and people were more afraid of speaking out half the time, if not more. But now people are speaking out more. Sometimes they speak out out of ignorance, but you know people are starting to learn. Well, what this is not normal. In in an office environment, you'll tell people like, "Well, it's sexist now if you just tell somebody that they look nice today." No, it's not. It that's that that's not that's that, that 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 if that was true, that would be going too far. But that hasn't been said yet. <laughs> well, people have said stuff like that, but well, no, they say that. I mean, but it's not. It's it's not. It, it, it's not true. I mean, but if you do say, "Hey, look, you, you look," if you say, you look, if, if, if you say you look with. nice today," and then leer at them really suggestively, <laughs> that might be a well, problem, right? Thing. Yeah. Or if you say, "Hey, you look great today." Oh my God, your ass looks like great. <laughs> that dress that really shows off your rack. Very nicely done. <laughs> Ooh, I love how your cleavage is showing. There you go. See, these are wrong. This that is when it goes too far. Yes. <laughs> but just saying you look nice today is is not what we're talking about. No. But, that is not But they make the right. they make the slippery slope argument to try and defend their sexism. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, all right. Should we move the stuff about Atlantis to next week? I think we should. I think um Mac had a bird that was being strangled, and so he hasn't popped back in. Okay. Is he even still with us? Did we lose him? I, I, I think he. Know. I think he said he's gonna drop. Okay. Well, I. I think that's it. I think we're all gonna drop. Let's say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And that. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap in the can. <laughs> a wrap in the can. 
if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.